What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Today Sean talks with Miles Jones who is a professional lacrosse player for the Chesapeake Bayhawks of Major League Lacrosse after graduating from Duke University, Miles was selected number one overall in the 2016 MLL draft by the Atlanta Blaze. Miles has already solidified himself as one of the top players in the world, but he's not stopping there. This conversation dives deep on his journey to the pros, creating your own path, and so much more. One of the newest sponsors of the podcast and one of my favorite brands right now is Viore Clothing. Viore is the perfect performance apparel for anyone who loves yoga, surfing, hiking, being active, or in the weight room. They combine innovative fabrics with cool finishes that really feel good and are great for the environment. I would head over to vioreclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com to receive 25% off. Yes, that's 25% off your first order. Use discount code WGYT. And if at any point you're not satisfied with the purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your order with 100% satisfaction guaranteed at vioreclothing.com. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you wanna connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. Hey, Miles, what's going on, man? Not much. How are you? I am doing good. So I know you're in the middle of your season. How's everything going right now? Um, it's, it's uh, you know, year three has been, been good to me so far. You know, I'm healthy. Uh, the team is in a good spot where, um, you know, we're coming together, we're figuring it out on both sides of the ball and, you know, it's very exciting going forward. I mean, now you're one of the best players in the world. I want to know, what did your 10 year old self think you were going to be? Do you have any idea you'd be a professional athlete at some point? You know, it's funny. I was, I often think about, you know, my ninth grade self, you know, and you know, when I, when I finished high school and, you know, I, I had goals and aspirations for my career at Duke. I, uh, you know, it was just, what, what do I want to do? My freshman year, I just want to play. And then it's weird because by my sophomore year, I kind of had this responsibility of, you know, being the face of, you know, minorities on the cross where people looked up to me and I had this kind of responsibility that I didn't, I didn't think was, you know, going to happen. But, you know, my dad kind of alluded to it that I was, you know, I was obviously different from, you know, your, your typical lacrosse player. But, you know, my 10-year-old self, you know, I started playing lacrosse at 12. So I'll, I'll, get, I'll jump to 12, but you know, it was just another sport I tried. You know, I was, I was always a good basketball player and a good football player, but you know, lacrosse is just a sport that, you know, I just picked up and, you know, I wasn't really great at first, but you know, from looking back and, 
you know, all, all those funny, funny, funny experiences that I've had playing lacrosse, you know, not being able to put equipment on, not understanding the equipment at first, you know, guys being, you know, about four or five years into playing lacrosse. I'm in my first year, couldn't catch and throw, couldn't scoop. Anytime I did scoop it, it was never coming out of my stick. I was going to try to run down and, and throw it past the goalie, even though I was playing defense. So, you know, where I am today is, is, you know, you know, far, far from where I thought I'd be <laughs> playing the sport, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I mean, when you're starting that sport, were you good at the other sports you were playing at the time? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was playing football, I played up a year. I was playing basketball. Uh, you know, I was playing up a couple years. I was always a pretty big kid. So I, I my dad kind of challenged myself, challenged me so I could, you know, potentially, you know, play at a high level, whether that was college or, or after. So, I mean, what was like that like on the ego then? I mean, playing up in basketball a couple of years and all of a sudden you pick up the stick and you're getting crushed by guys who might not even be half the athlete you were. Um, well, as a kid, I was always pretty determined, which is, which is, you know, not a quality you see in, in many kids, you know, obviously kids are just, you know, happy go lucky, want to play sports to be, uh, to have fun and be with your friends. But there was, it was something different for me. Um, especially when I started playing lacrosse, I just obviously wasn't that good. So anytime I got a chance to pick up my stick off the field, I did that, you know, and I, that used to be time I spent, you know, throwing football, throwing football with my dad in the yard or dribbling the basketball in the driveway and shooting. Your dad, was he the one who first got you into lacrosse? Well, so one of the dads on my my uh, football team had approached me and my dad about playing lacrosse. My dad had uh, heard of lacrosse because he grew up um, in Huntington, and a lot of his friends played lacrosse in high school. He never played, and I just I just obviously didn't know anything about lacrosse. I hadn't been introduced to it yet. So, um, the moment I the moment I got my hands on a stick, it was it was uh, you know changed my life forever. How old were you when you were like, man, I finally got the hang of this sport. I really think I can do some big things here. I think it was eighth grade because eighth grade I played up uh, at the high school and um, yeah, I really started seeing myself doing things on purpose and understanding the game and being able to be, you know, you know just that it, it just something clicked where I was like, you know what, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm, I'm meaning to do it. You know, I'm meaning to, you know, run down the alley and shoot the ball to the far, to the far post instead of, you know, when you're a kid, you just, you know, you just chuck it at the net and hope and hope and hope for the best. But, um, I think that that year really started clicking for me because when I was ninth grade, I got pulled up on varsity and that's kind of when the recruiting stuff started happening. Uh, you know, I, I tried out for the empire team, which is for those who don't know, that's a, the best, um, you know, players on long Island, they get on one team, they play against, you know, central New York, Hudson Valley, um, New York city and all different regions of, of New York and this kind of Olympic style, um, setting. And, you know, as a, as a freshman, I tried out for the team for Long Island and I got cut in the top 50. And that's when Coach Janowski first approached me. He thought I was a junior, but I was really, I was only a freshman. I just finished my, <laughs> which is a testament to how, obviously how large I was. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's when I really, I really figured out that lacrosse could be for me. It's funny when, when you talk about athletes, it's almost like there's these defining moments in their career. And I feel like that ninth to 10th grade year when you didn't make the team and how hard you had to work. And then you also alluded to it earlier, that freshman to sophomore season while you were at Duke. And not only did your play just absolutely skyrocket, I think you ended up being a second team All-American your sophomore year, but you mentioned the responsibility you had. What was it like at that time when all of a sudden you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, essentially leading one of the top programs in all the world? Yeah, that was um, that was a very interesting time in my, in my life as a young athlete because you know when you're a sophomore you're, you're still supposed to be that guy who you know you, you have one year under your belt and you're not a freshman so you're expected to 
you know, uphold a certain standard of, you know, of a leader and, and not, you know, obviously the seniors and juniors are, are the guys that are supposed to, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns. But there was a, you know, a certain pressure I felt not, not overwhelming that, that it kind of hindered my play. But, you know, when I, every time I walked out there, I knew a lot of eyes were on me and for different reasons. One, they, everyone was, you know, wanted to see what I was going to do next. And two people and there were kids that were looking up to me saying, hey, maybe I can play this sport because I see someone who looks like me playing the sport and, and, and you know, having a lot of success. So, you know, there was I, I think when it came game time, I kind of shut everything out. But in the back of my mind, I knew that, you know, they were a lot of eyes on me and people were, you know, waiting to see what I was going to do next in terms of, you know, my success or, you know, just kind of leading the team and then doing something special. I mean, how has it changed since your time at college to now you got drafted number one overall, you're one of the best players in the world. And it, it seems like you really embrace having those eyes on you now. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of use that, um, to my advantage, um, just to kind of show who I am. I think, I think I, I created and was kind of given a great platform in terms of, you know, having a lot of attention and stuff. So I think it's a good opportunity for me to kind of, you know, kind of showcase who I am, my personality, things I like, and, you know, people are, you know, are more interested in it than I thought they'd be. But, um, you know, it's actually kind of cool to just have people, you know, genuinely care about, you know, who you are as a person and, and what you're doing and in terms of, you know, the responsibility. You know, I think I've, I've been more active in, you know, trying to help minorities and, and, you know, kids that are less fortunate, you know, start, start up and play this game. Yeah. I mean, the world we live in today with social media, it's, it's so cool that your favorite athletes, you find out so much more. I remember growing up and obviously there was no social media around and just thinking about, man, I wish I knew what this guy was doing in the off season. I knew what fashion trends he was into. I wish I knew what type of workouts he was doing. And now athletes have access to all of that. And, and you've kind of started to take that to the next level in the sport of lacrosse. I mean, is that one of your favorite things about what you're doing right now, being a professional athlete and you get to tap into all these other things? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because I, um, you know, at times, you know, you obviously live your life day to day and, and you don't really think about the things that you know, you're interested in so much. But when you run into somebody else and they're able to kind of spitball a bunch of things about you that you may, you know, may not notice or you may have forgot. It's uh, it's pretty funny. It's, it's pretty special that um, it's kind of a testament to me being able to, you know, showcase what I do on a day to day basis. You know, waking up, you know, eating a big breakfast, working out, um, you know sitting at the computer doing a bunch of different things, whether that's creating content, you know, back and forth emails with people who, who helped me create content, um, you know, watching film, then getting up and, 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 you know, doing something that can clear my mind and then getting dinner and then getting back and then shooting at night. So it's just, it's a fun regiment that I have, you know, each and every day that, you know, I get to, you know, work on my body, work on myself, set goals for myself, you know, work on things that I know, you know, my followers enjoy, like the, the cool content videos, and, um, so, so just kind of having that platform to showcase all those things that I do on the, on, on a daily basis is cool. I think social media has really changed the world and changed, you know, especially for athletes, we're able to just show, you know, who we really are. I think people are really, really interested in who we are off the field. Obviously they can see, you know, the performance and, and, you know, what we do on, on, on our, in our, you know, athletic space. But I think kids are, are, and fans are more into what it is that makes us human. Cause obviously people see us as, you know, these people who were blessed with athletic ability and, you know, we, we worked hard and we're on the, we're on the main stage, but you know, at the end of the day, we are, we are humans. And I think anything that kind of humanizes the athlete is really cool to the consumer.
Yeah, it's very cool. And you just kind of hit on what your day is like. I'd like to dive into some of those things deeper in a few minutes here. But for the listeners who aren't lacrosse experienced, they, they haven't really seen the game too much. I mean, what is it currently like being a full-time professional lacrosse athlete? Because a few years ago, that almost wasn't even possible just based on the salaries you guys would have. Yeah, it's actually a very, um, very interesting, you know, dynamic because, you know, we don't, we don't all live in markets. So I play for the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. So, you know, my day to day is, you know, it's me holding myself accountable. Yeah, I can, I can wake up and, you know, lay around and hang out and, you know, you know, play video games all day. So I, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of discipline, keep myself focused throughout the, throughout the week where, you know, I travel to the week, the games on weekends. So I fly up Friday for a game that's on Saturday, practice twice and have, and, and, and play a game. So Monday through Sunday, you know, it's, it's on me. I have to wake up. I have to, I have to get in the gym, work on my body, make sure, you know, I'm physically fit for, you know, a, a very physical game. Um, shooting is, is a big, a big key because, you know, this game is very fast you know, plays are, are there to be made and you got to capitalize. So during the week, I, I, I make sure my skills are fine tuned and, uh, um, that stuff just, you know, obviously all that stuff, the preparation of your body, you know, builds confidence for the weekend. I mean, what's the biggest challenge for you right now in terms of what all pro lacrosse players are going through? Is it the not being there with teammates enough? Is it the constant travel? Is it the, you got to put the time in on your own in the weight room as opposed to NFL teams where, Hey, every Monday, Wednesday, we've got a team lift no matter what. Yeah, I think I think it's a combination of all those things. You know, it, it is it is tough for, you know, certain guys who, you know, work a nine to five in there in the office early in the morning, you know, kind of drains their energy when they get get back and they have to kind of push through that in order to, you know, make themselves better. Um, you know, obviously traveling is a big thing because if you if you don't live in market, you travel every weekend, you travel to home games, you travel to away games. Um and I think just just that overall grind. So I, I, I want to touch on this just because I think it's a really important piece. Obviously, we don't get paid a, you know, a substantial amount playing. But, you know, some players like myself have, have done a good job marketing ourselves where, you know, we we step outside of our comfort zone and we show people who we are on social media, whether that be you know, creating videos, whether that be, you know, you know, taking an extra step and, and put a little more energy into showing our lifestyle and what we're into. And, you know, and then we have to do that, that camp grind, which is, you know, people may, may not know like what it's like, you know, flying from game, to camp, game, the camp, game, the camp, giving yourself a little break. But those are all things that, you know, encompass the, the, um, the pro lacrosse life. And it's, it's fun because you get to do what you, you want, you love to do. You get to play a game that you love to play. And I think the biggest, biggest piece that you kind of touched on is being around your teammates. You know, in college, we, you know, spent 365 with our teammates every day. We practice four hours a day and you know that playing, playing, uh, playing college across yourself. And it's different when you, when you have to, you know, kind of turn in the, the camaraderie that you get in the locker room of being with your teammates every day to, you know, a group chat on your iPhone. <laughs> so you're, you're texting back and forth and it's just not the same as being, you know, present with your teammates and, and having that, um, having that bond of just being together every day and going through that same struggle of trying to get, uh, trying to get better and push forward. Yeah. I'm curious when you first graduated Duke, did you really know what it was going to be like to be a pro lacrosse athlete? And then I'd like to dive into kind of how you even go about getting these sponsorships. I think that's such a fascinating part about what you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had no idea what pro lacrosse would be like, you know, I think playing for coach 
Janowski and having Matt um, Matt Janowski on the um, coaches have. I heard a little bit about you know the, the nuances of pro lacrosse, the ins and outs, you know what it's like, how it's different from college in terms of you know the team dynamic and the game dynamic, and <clears throat> you really you really can't put words to uh, experience on that, so to say, because obviously I heard a lot about it, but my first experience coming into, you know, MLL was playing for the Atlanta blades. when I got drafted to play there, um, you know, having 19 guys on the, on the dress dressing roster was, was kind of bizarre to me. And it, and it, and it uh, kind of showed me that you know, we were going to run a lot. It was very different from, you know, college. You had guys playing D midi. You, you know, you didn't have to run up and down as much, which changed the game. And, you know, when I first got into the league, it was it was moving a lot faster than I thought. You know, <clears throat> I was I was watching the game from the sideline. You know, go up and down. You know, you know offensive def- defense. You know, defense defensemen running up the field, and, and you know the game was looked a lot faster to me my first time playing. And I even asked I even asked coach at the end of the game. I was like, yeah, what can I do to get better? Because I feel like I, I wasn't. Next- necessarily prepared for this and i think every rookie goes through that when they're just thrown into the fire and expected to you know adapt to the games some do and some don't i love your approach and it's a reoccurring theme here and just you being humble and like you just mentioned i mean here you're drafted number one overall and after your first game you have the humility go up to your coach and say hey how can i get better and i know you alluded to some of those things when you were younger as well do you think that really started because when you first picked up a stick, you hadn't had the experience as many of the kids at your age. Can you repeat that question? So I'm just curious how you had this humility and and this humble mentality. Was this because when you first started this sport, you were so new to it and many kids have been playing for years or was it other experiences you had throughout your life that really led to you being this humble? Yeah, I think, uh, I think playing up really helped me when I was a, uh, when I was a kid because, you know, my dad, my dad, I kind of understand that I was I was a big kid and I was always going to get away with doing things that, you know, weren't maybe, you know, correct or fundamentally sound as a kid in, in any sport. So, you know, playing up, I kind of had to focus on, you know, the details and and uh, the small the small things in, in the sport. So in basketball, when I was playing up, I couldn't just back a kid down from the three point line and just and just throw up a layup because I was much bigger than them. So when I when I played up, you know, a year or two. The kids were bigger than me. They were older than me, two years older than me. You know, between between the ages of uh, you know eleven and thirteen, there's a big a big difference. So when I was playing, you know, two years up, those kids were teenagers. I was, you know, I wasn't even a preteen yet. So I think those small things, you know, just doing things right and asking. There's, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. So you know, I'm, when I asked coach for help, you know, wanting to know what I can do better, that's something I did in college too. You know, I, I sat down and watched a lot of film with um, my college coach when I was there at Duke and it, it made me understand the game better. So I, I understand that just asking questions, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people who ask the questions are probably, you know, the guys that are going to be more successful. You, you, you're hungry for more knowledge, hungry for maybe, you know, a shared experience that someone else has that can probably help you. And I think that's just something that's kind of stuck with me since I was a young kid. Are you finding yourself asking questions outside of lacrosse, whether it be learning new things in social media of how you can better brand yourself, whether it's picking up a new sponsor, whether it's an investment you have? Are you asking constant uh, questions constantly during that time? Oh yeah, of course. You know, I, I lean on I lean on a bunch of guys, um, you know, that have paved the way before for me in the social media and branding lacrosse thing, like Kyle Harris and Paul Rabel, those kind of guys that I've leaned on and asked them questions. Hey, what what trends did uh, you know did you see? 
throughout your career that, you know, really helped you, you know, brand yourself, you know, what things that, what are things that you didn't do that you wish you did, you know, in certain times of your career, you know, what are things that, that really helped you? What are things that you did wrong? So these are all things that I ask people just because, you know, if they're willing to share, then that's, that's, uh, that's really key knowledge, especially if you're going through the same situation, um, as they are, because you know they've done it before. They had the experience, and you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, they want to see the game grow. They want to see the athletes, you know, grow these profiles where you know they're they're recognized outside of the sport. So you know, with their, with their help, that's possible, and uh, and they 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 understand that. So they're they're always willing to help. Um, I do find myself asking a lot of questions about you know different things outside of lacrosse, like business and you know fashion and 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 art. Um, these are the, these are things I kind of recently got, um, you know, gained interest in, um, you know, just, just, just talking to people who work in fashion design, you know, just kind of picking their brain on why, why it is that they, you know, saw this vision. What is this vision, uh, business, you know, you know, what, why, why are they so passionate about this product versus this product or how do they see this growing in, you know, X years, so all, all this stuff, just picking people's brains and asking a lot of questions is, you know, something that's helped me out a lot, you know, on and off the field, you know, just being very inquisitive and, and, and hungry to understand different things is, is cool. I mean, it's a, it's very open-mindedness that, um, kind of my mom, my mom instilled in me. She, you know, would always ask me questions, even though she, even if she knew the answer. So like <laughs> naturally I grew up asking a lot of people questions, not, not too much to where they get annoyed, but, um, just always wanting to know why and, and have a kind of a deeper dive on, on things. I mean, I feel like this is a good time to kind of talk about your, your Adidas sponsorship and you're now the face of Adidas lacrosse. And it's cool to kind of see the fashion art emerge with the lacrosse training side of things. And I think you guys have really done a good job executing that. Uh, I, so I just kind of want to talk about your sponsorship. I mean, how did that first come to be? What is it like being the face of Adidas lacrosse, which is one of the biggest sports brands in the world? Yeah, so um, obviously when I when I graduated college, Adidas Lacrosse was wasn't really um, you know hadn't hadn't popped up yet, and someone to come to me you know when I was had when I was meeting with different uh, sports brands, you know the SCX, the Nikes, and the Warriors of the world, and they said something about Adidas Lacrosse, and I was like, wow, you know I I remember Adidas Lacrosse coming out with you know gear you know way back when, and I haven't seen anything since. Um, and Adidas was a cool, is a cool brand, you know, it's, it's growing, you know, between the fashion side, you know, with Kanye West and Alexander Wang and all these people that are, that are, um, you know, influencers with the brand, it, it was, had a kind of a fresh new look to it and it was cool. So, you know, with my fashion, you know, interests, I thought it'd be cool for me to sign with a brand that was new and help grow a brand and, and kind of make that brand synonymous with who I was. So when people think, oh, Adidas across, they'll think, oh, Miles Jones. And I think I thought that was something that was really special. You know, obviously, you know, there are there are a handful of you know SCX athletes, a couple handful of, you know, Maverick and Warrior athletes. I wanted to be the only one and kind of start something and be different. You know, I've always, you know, prided myself on being different. Um so when Adidas approached me, you know, it was a no-brainer. We kind of, you know, settled the terms and I I kind of I sat down and told them exactly what I see for the brand, you know. Just being that different brand, you know, obviously your, your, your Adidas has been blown up in terms of, you know, sneakers and it's something I grew up loving. You know, that was something that, you know, I would save my save my um, my ice cream truck money every summer just because I wanted to, you know, save it for a hundred twenty dollar pair of Jordans. And 
you know, now that I have a sponsorship, it's it's cool that I get to be hands on with that kind of stuff and, you know, kind of transform my love for sneakers into, you know, designing gear, which is something that I, I'm, I'm really, uh, really big on. You know, my, my two seasons now with Adidas across, I've been able to, you know, sit down and design what I want my, my gear to look like. So for every week, I have a new pair of gloves that kind of tells a story. And I think that's, you know, really what Adidas is about, you know, storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was such a great strategic move on your behalf. And now Miles Jones is the face of Adidas lacrosse, as opposed to, like you alluded to, just being a face of maybe many other athletes by a certain company. So I thought that was awesome. But one thing you mentioned there a second, I got to go back to this ice cream truck. Did you did you drive an ice cream truck in the summer? No, no, no. I was always chasing an ice cream truck. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, what a side job that must have been. So I mean, what's one of the coolest things about being an Adidas athlete right now? Um, so actually my, my first photo shoot was actually the coolest, one of the cool experience I've had as an athlete. Um, so I did a NFL super shoot, but obviously my, t- my shoot was tailored towards the cross. I was doing the kind of same, um, same, uh, shoots with the same cleats and stuff. Obviously there's, there's a comparison between football and the cross cleats, but, um, I was doing a shoot with the NFL guys and I got to meet, you know, the other Adidas athletes like DeMarco Murray, uh, Adrian Peterson, Joey Bosa, Von Miller, and all these guys, and just, you know, kind of talk to them and pick their brains about, you know, what it's like to be, you know, in the NFL, what it's like to be a professional athlete, um, and all that stuff. So just getting that experience was really cool. And I think the, the best part about, um, you know, being an Adidas athlete is just, you know, you, you talk to so many different guys in the company in terms like that, that work there and you get to, you know, you get to be in different, different categories. So like I was, I'm not only in Adidas cross, I've done, you know, things with Adidas running. I've done things with Adidas training, uh, and Adidas lifestyle. So, um, I'm not just an athlete, you know, they had me doing a bunch of different things doing modeling, other stuff, and just getting to see the different sides of the business has been something that I thought was, you know, really intriguing. Yeah, it's cool how you differentiated yourself as not just a lacrosse player. Uh, I mean, your style, your swagger, where does all this come from? A- any spots you're really pulling from influence or for influence? Um, so actually, I've I, I, it's been something I, I've really enjoyed since I was in middle school. Every time I walked out of the house, it was never really, you know, sweatshirt, sweatpants. It was, uh, you know, it was jeans and, you know, cool shirt and the cool and a cool pair of sneakers. So that's been something that I just I just you've know, been doing for a while. But since I've gotten to, it, um, you know, with social media, I've been looking at more and more and more fashion. You know, I like I like Iman Shumpert's uh, swag. He, I think he brings um kind of this urban, like, you know, look to, to the table. And I think that's one, that's one person I definitely look to for inspiration. Um, guys like obviously Russell Westbrook to a, to a, you know, a lower degree. I'm, I'm not going to go, <laughs> go that, that wild, but you know, all these guys just, you know, they're able to express themselves through what they wear. And, you know, I think it's a cool thing where, you know, you don't have to speak about, you know, who you are. People can look at you and, and, and see, you know, who you are through the way you dress. And I think, um, the ultimate compliment is when someone, you know, someone looks at you from head to toe and, and then they look back up head to toe again. And it's like, you know, I like, I like what this guy did with what, um, you know, what he's wearing. And it, it gives off this type of expression that, you know, you don't have to speak and you, you can kind of, you know, figure out a lot about somebody by, by the, by what they wear. What is you most excited right now outside of the lacrosse world? Is there a certain social media trend, uh, fashion thing, sport, anything you're really into right now? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm I'm really into right now, which is which is um 
which is always fun to just kind of look at a bunch of different things at, at once. But, uh, you know, definitely fashion for, for the most part. Um, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten into a bunch of, a bunch of the high, high end fashion stuff living here in Atlanta. I, I get to see, you know, a bunch of different artists and, and, and whatnot walking around. And I'm always, you know, curious as to, you know, what they're wearing and, you know, where they got it from. But, um, I've, I've always wanted to kind of get into fashion, just like simple designs and stuff like that. Something like designing men's clothes. Um, I'm not sure where I, where I could start with that, but I, I do have a bunch of friends who, um, you currently you know, do a little bit of that on the side. So I might, I, you might, you might one day see, you know, Miles Jones, you know, high end fashion brand. So you know, look out for that. <laughs> there you go. Make it happen. So you mentioned living in Atlanta right now, obviously you're flying into your games and, and you talked about kind of what a day and a week looks like. I'd like to go even deeper on that though. Can we really talk about maybe what your actual training looks like? Maybe what your diet looks like? I know a lot of the young lacrosse players would really like to hear that. Yeah. Um, so training during the off season is obviously, you know, a little bit different than in season because we're running around a lot. We don't want to tire our legs out too much and, and you know, walk into game day to and walking game day sore. Um, so in the off season, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of, you know, heavy weights and, 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 and the Olympic lifts. So you got your bench press, your power clean, your squats, you know, you have different variations of, of those things. And, um, just working on, you know, building strength. And then I think in the, in the, in the season, it's a little different because, you know, we want to get our bodies right for the game. So it's, you know, lighter weights, more explosive stuff. You're working on your hips, ankles and, and knees and, and, and those things that kind of get you through, you know, an athletic competition. So I do a lot more explosive stuff, you know, start, start and stop. And just, you know, all those things that are tailor made for, you know, split dodging and, and all the, all the actions that, that um occur in the cross. Do you work and with an actual trainer down there? Um, for the most part, I do the heavy lifting on my own. But the training, yes, I do. Uh, we have a couple of people um, down here. You know, Dorsey Levins was one guy that really helped me out. Um, in terms of conditioning, we used to run and do a bunch of uh trail runs, which were always the worst because you know we're we're sprinting quarter miles in the trail, then walking, and then sprinting another quarter mile on the trail. And by the end of it, he was like, <laughs> I was walking to my car, you know, sweating and. He's like, all right, let's let's get three one minute planks, and I'm like, you know, that that, that that's gonna be kind of tough. But uh, <laughs> wait, did you say that was with Dorsey Levins, the old Green Bay Packer? Yep, yep, that's awesome. Yeah, he he lives down, he lives down here in Atlanta. He's actually a very interesting person, very very positive, motivating. Um, he always leaves us with these quotes that you know. I tend to think about for you know weeks on end, and even if I forget about it, I'll I'll you know something's gonna something pops up where I think about that quote, and I always text him about it. But um, but he's he's been he's been really good for uh for me and guys like Scott Ratliff, we train with him. Um, but in terms of my diet, I think diet is very important. Um, you know, it's funny because I I usually don't realize how how good I eat until. I get around somebody else who doesn't eat that well. They'll they'll be oh I want to eat pizza and I th- I'll think to myself wow I haven't I haven't eaten pizza in <laughs> it's a shocker right eight, eight months <laughs> but yeah you know I think eating clean and eating you know eating well is is very important um you know for me I I like obviously you know being six five two hundred forty pounds you know you you, you definitely want to get um, a good amount of food and so you know I I stay away from you know your fast foods obviously I don't really drink soda for the most part. Um, you know, I don't, I don't eat dessert, not, not by, you know, trying to, trying to watch my weight or anything, but that's just, you know, something I just don't really do. Like at the end of a meal, they bring out the dessert menu. It doesn't really get me that excited, but, um, in terms of eating, it's just, you know, 
I eat a lot of lean meat, so that's salmon, fish, chicken. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll I'll eat a burger every now and then, but that's not that's not kind of my core my core um, diet. You know, I eat a lot of vegetables, um, a lot a lot of rice. You know, um, sweet potatoes, just things that um, you know are are low low fat, and it just it helps your performance. You know, you you notice it. I um. I started eating really healthy in when I was in college and I noticed that like I, I felt more awake. I had more energy, you know, I, I could, you know, I could run a lot, lot longer, you know, after practice, I didn't feel, you know, kind of, you know, bogged down by, by the amount of running and, and physical activity I did. And, um, I didn't change anything else in my life, but just the way I ate and it made the world a difference. Yeah. It's unbelievable what diet can do for you. Is there anything you're doing right now in terms of recovery? Oh man, I do a ton of recovery just because you know my my style of play is very physical. You know, running downhill, leaning into guys. You know, you know, playing very physical, throwing my body around. So when um, the day after the game comes, you know, I, I usually try to ride the bike for a little bit just to get that lactic acid out of my legs. And then I see a chiropractor, um, not your typical chiropractor who just you know cracks your back and you walk out. But this guy, this guy Mike, Doctor Mike Rice, he. Um, He's awesome. He's he's an ex bodybuilder, so he really understands the 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 human body. Um, he measures my hips, you know, readjusts them, you know, pulls my neck out. And I feel like a, a brand new person. You know, he's not just like your top, your typical, you know, lay on your back and press and crack, 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 and, and walk out. You know, he he really takes time to you know analyze your body, see what it is that you know is is, is locking you up, and and you know he does a good job of just. Whatever you need in terms of you know injury, say your calf hurts, he'll he'll do a bunch of different things and and you walk out and it's like nothing ever happened. So, um, on top of that, I do cryotherapy, which is something that you know it's been a, been a recent trend. You know, guys getting in the in the tank negative uh, 110 degrees for three minutes and walking out and feeling feeling good. Um, I use Normatex. I do a lot of rolling out. Um, stretching is really, really important. You know, it's something that we kind of neglect a little bit just cause you know, it does suck. You know, you, you get up and you have to, you know, stretch your muscles, it hurts, you know, sometimes you just don't want to do it, but like that, that also makes the world a difference. Um, I was very flexible when I was in college and, you know, I, I kind of got away from, you know, stretching. I would just get up, get up to the gym and ride the bike for, you know, 15 minutes and jump into a workout. And, you know, I was always wondering why the next day I was so tight and I was sore and my hips hurt and my back was hurting. It's because I didn't stretch, but, um, so that's one, that's one key thing about that. I, that I always tell the kids when, when they're, um, asking about fitness and recovery, stretching is a big thing. Just elongating your muscles that have been obviously tightened by physical activity is, is, is very important. Just get that blood flow and and allows the, the, uh, body to recover. I mean, you mentioned all these new tools and things, even just as simple as stretching that you're doing now, but maybe weren't doing as a college or even a high school athlete, which thing do you really wish you had spent more time on when you were in high school? Um, I think I would spend a lot more time on lifting. I didn't lift when I was in high school and, um, you know, I was always a bigger kid so, and I was always playing three sports. So it wasn't like I wasn't doing anything, but, um, I wish I would have, I would have lifted in college. I, I wish I would have seen what I would, what my body would have looked like had I gone into my, into my freshman year of college, having, um, you know, having, having that experience of, you know, changing my body when I was younger. Cause when I got there, <laughs> It was uh, it was an eye opening experience in the weight room for me for the <laughs> the state elites. You know they um they went did freshman testing and they were like okay we're gonna do a power clean and I had never seen a power clean or heard of a power clean in my life and people looked at me weird. I was like you know I didn't I didn't lift in, in high school. Then like pa- then they started going to like power snatch and like hang snatch and like I literally had to YouTube all these things. 
in order to figure out what they were. Just got, I just didn't, I just didn't, that, I just didn't have that experience. You know, we didn't have to lift weights for, for high school football where I was. Um, basketball, we just showed up for practice and then for two hours and left. You know, lacrosse was the same way. And I know all these kids have gone through have gone through these high schools where you know, they had mandatory lifts in the summertime, and you know, they lift as a team for football. I just you know never had that that experience. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned your time at Duke with Coach Stanowski. Who were some of the biggest influences on you uh, besides your dad? Some of the biggest coaches you had that really helped you kind of take your st- or the next step in your game. Um, definitely Coach Caputo. Um, you know, Coach Caputo is like my second dad. Um, not only were they were they both the same height and bald, but they both <laughs> they both <laughs> they both pushed me a lot. Um, you know, Coach Coach Caputo is a very special person to me. Um, so there were there were times, obviously, when you when you struggle, you know, it's not always going to be you know pretty. You're going to have a bad game. You have a bad week of practice. Something happens off the field in your personal life where you know, it kind of bleeds through on the field, and, and coaches notice that kind of stuff. Um, but coach Caputo was always the first person to text me. He still texts me every day. He tells text me uh, every week. Now he's like, Oh, Jones, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Notre Dame week. And I'm not even on the team anymore, <laughs> uh, but like, but like those, those small texts are, they mean that they mean the, you know, the world to me because I, it, brought, it brings me back to times where I was struggling, you know, freshman year, wondering if, if you know, if I was, you know, if I was going to, I was going to play and, and be as good as I wanted to be or be as good as, you know, everyone said I was going to be, you know, a lot of the pressure of, you know, every time I left practice, I do a media, uh, media thing with, you know, this, that, and the other, other, other person, because, you know, I was playing well and coach Caputo kind of allowed me to, you know, be a sophomore kid, you know, be a 20 year old kid and run around and, and, and be, and get that experience. But when the world and, and the lacrosse world was, you know, asking me to be a grown up and, and wanting to know my story and all this stuff. So he kind of, you know, was the middleman between pressure and, and myself, which, you know, I couldn't thank him enough for that. Um, but he did change my game a lot. You know, I, I watched more film because of him. He, he, um, he's one of the, I think he's one of the masterminds of lacrosse. There were things that he would he would do and say about like our our game plan that you may not understand in the moment, but as soon as you got in the game and you and it and you did it, just because you you there was a trust that you had because you knew how smart he was, and you knew how much he cared about lacrosse and cared about the team. That if he took the time out to you know, figure this out, understand it, and and you know apply it to our team, that it was def- it was obviously going to work. So. Um, I think that he, he's probably the coach that I, or person I probably trust the most in terms of, you know, anything in my life that he has, um, he has, you know, an experience with and he, he's, he's special. And, and I know, and I, I know that a lot of the guys that are playing for him now played for him and when we'll play for him, we'll, we'll have that same, um, that same testament to him. I mean, what about some of the best teammates? I mean, you've obviously played with some legendary guys before anyone really come to front of mind for you. Yeah, a couple guys. Um, Jordan Wolf for one. You know, th- I think Jordan was hands down one of the uh, most competitive players I ever played with. Whether that was practice, uh, a drill in practice, a shooting competition in practice, and especially in the game, I think Jordan wanted to win so much and so badly that it was contagious for you know, especially some of us young guys. Jordan was a senior when I was a, when I was a sophomore, so that's kind of where I I kind of got that that fiery edge and 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 that that will and, and fire to compete. He's one of those guys that kind of instilled that in, in the rest of the team. And then, you know, Dean class was one of the guys that, um, 
that I always enjoyed playing with. Obviously, uh, he and I were, you know, dynamic duo, and and we had all the nicknames in the world. But um, just he was he was a perfectionist. He he wanted to do everything right. He wanted to make every shot. He worked really hard. And just being one of his good friends, I kind of you know he kind of brought me along with that. So I kind of adopted that same mentality where you know we were a little crazy. Um, when we missed shots, but it was that competitive edge and, and that, 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 that desire to be great that he had, um, that was very contagious to me. So I think that between, between the two of those guys, I just, you know, I, I kind of morphed into this guy who just, who craves competition and, and, and craves success. And, and obviously you can't just, you know, want to do those things. There were, there were things you had to do along the, along the way in order to get to that, uh, that level. Who's been the best Duke athlete of all time? The best Duke athlete of all time. Hmm. That's kind of tough. That is a tough question because obviously I have a little bias. I want to say one of my friends that I know between uh, lacrosse and basketball. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Not going to throw anyone out there. Give a, give a couple. I, I'm even curious. I, I like to know like what athletes you'd enjoy watching when they played at Duke, even if it's outside lacrosse, if it's a basketball guy, football guy, anything like that. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, if I'm looking at basketball, a good friend of mine, Justice Winslow, you know, he was one of those guys that was um, you know, very, very polished athlete, you know, you know, six, six, eight, six, 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 seven, wherever he was. And he was just like a smooth left-handed player. So I always think left-handed players just look much better playing sports. I'm, uh, I'm not sure if anyone else feels that way. but like, <laughs> I'm actually the exact same way. I've got a best friend from growing up and we always said it's way better to be lefty, even though I'm a righty. I always admired what the lefties look like. Yeah. Like whenever you watch, like uh, whenever I watch justice shoot a ball with, with his left hand, like, like James Harden, all these left-handed players, it always looks so much cooler, so much smoother. But, um, Justice was a justice was a great athlete. You know, he could jump out of the gym. He made plays, you know, on both sides of the ball that were, you know, spectacular. And obviously he led his team to a national championship in 2015. And obviously now he plays for the Miami Heat. So um I think he was a very, very um outstanding athlete. Uh I only had to see him play one year, obviously, because he's a he you know was a one and done. But you know, even in the NBA, he's making plays. You know, I've seen a couple highlights where he's dunked on, you know, some of the best defenders in, in the NBA. And, you know, I always text him after after a game and uh, we joke around about that. But I think he was definitely one of the best athletes that I've seen at Duke. What's been your favorite lacrosse memory so far? Definitely winning a national championship. Um, my sophomore year because, you know, people you know, counted us out in the beginning of the year. I remember sitting down with Deemer and, and inside the cross release, the top 10 um, Division One midfield units. And we, we weren't on there. And it was kind of, kind of, it was kind of odd because you know we we were we were freshmen the year before we didn't you know we weren't you know throwing in five goals a game we were you know one goal and and maybe an assist here and there, um, so when we we felt that you know we earned at least a little a little bit of notoriety but when they when they put a bunch of you know midfield units above us and we weren't even on that list i think that kind of flipped our mindset because i was in the fall when they when they like late fall when they mentioned that and and released that article um so right right from that moment we were you know we were shooting every every day for an hour you know a half hour before practice half hour after practice just because we weren't mentioned so that, that kind of motivated us a little bit and i think that kind of just carried uh, through the, the rest of the season, um, you know, people counted us out at first, and then, and then, before the end of the season, they were talking about that we were the best midfield unit that was ever assembled 
And I think that was just like, you know, temp, uh, testament to like our, our motivation. And then and we, we moved past that midfield, you know, stuff. And, and we, you know, obviously started playing really well. It was the pressure to, re- to repeat because we won it my freshman year in 2013. And there were three senior midfielders that kind of led us to that, um, to that championship. And now, you know, the next year we were led by Jordan Wolf and Josh Dion, who were, who were two attackmen and, the question mark was our midfield at the beginning of the year. But then we stepped up and we were playing well. And, you know, there was that, that pressure to, you know, repeat. When, when we got to the championship game, we were all like, you know, it was a sigh of relief. We were like, all right, well, we're here. You know, people have talked about this for so long. Now we should go out here and play, you know, this last 60 minutes. And, and um, you know, that was that was a very special, special game for us. When we, when we won that championship, it was, you know, I, mean, I remember falling to the ground and just taking my helmet off and just feeling like, you know, a million pounds got lifted off my back. And, you know, I, th- I think a lot of guys felt that way because, you know, in the back of your mind, you're, you don't, you don't think about that. You're trying not to think about that, you know, in game one of, of, of 2014, but, you know, as you start rolling, you win eight, eight, nine games in a row. And then you're thinking to yourself, Hey, maybe this is, maybe this is real. Maybe we can do this. Um, but just winning that championship was was huge. You know, we, I remember we come, came back to campus and it was a different it was a different vibe. You know, we walked in that um, that locker room in 2015 for my junior year. You know, we were we were feeling good. We were you know we were excited. We couldn't wait to get back on campus and, and be together again. But um, yeah, hoisting the trophy for the second time was definitely you know my favorite and and fondest memory. I mean, you mentioned winning a championship. What are the goals you have now? Now that you're playing at a professional level, um, they don't they don't change i think i have a little more um you know a little more you know personal goals for myself just to just to motivate myself to be better um but you know winning a championship is always the goal um i think you know in terms of my team this year and what i saw from us last year last year at the end of the season you know we were i thought we were the best team i think we just didn't do enough in the beginning of the season in terms of you know getting quality wins but at the end of the season, our team looked very scary. If we if we made the playoffs, I, I'm not sure any team in the league really really would have been excited to see Chesapeake Bayhawks, um, you know, on their on their playoff schedule. But this year, you know, we got all our guys back, um, and we're clicking early. You know, game four, we put up 24 goals last game, so you know that that's that's very exciting. You know, we have guys, you know, guys sharing the ball. You know, at the end of the game, you know, five guys have you know three goals or more. And that's what you like to see from your team, you know, well-balanced, um, well-balanced attack. Guys are making plays. Guys are out there having fun. We're celebrating, jumping around, you know, having a good time in the locker room. So the, the vibe, the vibe of the team, you know, excites me. It, it's, it's something that, you know, I felt when, you know, when I was, when I was a sophomore in, in uh, at Duke, when we won that championship. So um, that's always the goal. Um, in, t- in terms of my, my personal goals, you know, I do, I do want to be an all MLL guy, somebody who's, you know, seen as one of the best players in our league by my peers, by, by the uh, owners and by the other coaches. Um, you know, I, I do want to be a leader on the team. You know, I'm, I'm in year three. Um, a lot of guys on the team, a couple guys on the team have been on the Bayhawks for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years. And, you know, they know that they're on their, their way out. You know, the guys, um, Guys have been around the league for a while. You know, they're they're getting up in age where, you know, they're kind of passing the torch to the next, you know, crop of guys. And I, I want to be that that next leader for for this team. So that's something I've been doing, um, you know, actively doing, you know, working on myself as a leader, reading leadership books, you know, talking to people who who have come before me and just, you know, trying to trying to, you know, be better 
a better teammate, a better, you know, better leader, a better player, and just kind of be like well that well-rounded guy that is revered at the end of his career as, you know, a very special player. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the end of your career, and obviously you're only a few years into it and you've got a long way to go, but what do you foresee yourself doing after lacrosse? Do you think you're gonna stay involved in the sport, maybe coaching, or are you gonna be doing something like creating your own fashion line? Um, you know, me, I I obviously all my different interests, you know, I would love to, you know, probably get into into more businesses. Um, definitely see if I can test my hand in fashion. But coaching is something I've always I've always loved. Um, you know, I think I I gained that love from from watching, you know, the coaches at Duke coach. You know, the way they coached, how they cared about their players. You know, off the field and on the field, how they, you know, they coached every single player. It wasn't just, you know, who the top twenty guys. Let's coach them up and, you know. The other, you know, 25 guys, when it's their turn, will coach them. They coach everybody the same way, you know, whether it was, you know, me as a senior midfielder or, you know, a freshman walk-on. They were, they made everyone do this, do all the drills and all the technique the same way. So everyone was on the same, on the same path and then learned the same stuff, which, you know, I, I don't think you really get in, um, you know, other programs, but just I think coaching is one of the things I definitely would love to get into. I'm not sure uh, at what level, whether that be you know high school, college, or beyond. But I think I definitely think that that would be you know really fun for me to kind of stay in the sport and you know just kind of give my experiences and and the things that I've been through playing the sport um, onto the onto the next generation of players. Man, Miles, this has been a ton of fun for me. I loved hearing your story, what you're currently up to right now. How can the listeners stay connected with you? Where do you want them going to watch you? Um, you could definitely, you know, follow me on Instagram, Miles Jones 15. You know, I, I do post a lot of things, um, whether that's, whether that's uh, you know, sneaker collection, fun things I'm doing. Um, I do post a lot of highlights. So if people don't, you know, really know the sport and haven't seen it, you can kind of see a cool, a cool, um, you can see the sport through a cool lens. I have a bunch of people who do a lot of footage for me. So you can see that on field, um, that on, on field action from the, from the field level. So it's, uh, it's all very entertaining stuff, but you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I po- usually post most of my stuff and, um, you know, I st- kind of stay connected with the fans through that. Cool. Well, we'll definitely have all that linked up in the show notes. Miles Jones, killing it. I can't thank you enough for coming on. What got you there? Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Looking to freshen up your wardrobe for the summer season? Having trouble finding a brand whose products are functionally built to move and sweat in, but designed with a casual aesthetic aimed at everyday life? Then Viore is the clothing brand you've been looking for. Viore merges technical clothing with a West Coast vibe that looks and fits great. Viore's motto is built to move in, styled for life. They have a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore has incorporated innovative fabrics that feature anti-odor finishes, moisture wicking, and quick dry finishes. My favorite being Sea Cell, which is a sustainably sourced fiber that uses a blend of algae and wood pulp to create the most comfortable shirts you've ever felt. They really are. They're incredible. They're also anti-odor and filled with vitamins and nutrients that are released when you sweat. 
to receive 25% off. Yes, that's 25% off your order. Head to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com and use discount code WGYT. If at any point you're unsatisfied with your purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your entire order with a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. VioriClothing.com, discount code WGYT for 25% off your order. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you wanna connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the San Blas Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.